Morning and welcome to May 18, 2009. It's a Super Monday. And I'm thinking about my heart and your heart. And I'm thinking about what Jesus said to the paralyzed man after Jesus had healed him. He said, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. And when the teachers of the law heard this, they screamed blasphemy. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, asked rhetorically, of course, why do you think evil in your hearts? That, friends, is a word from Matthew 9, verses 2 through 4, and it's got me thinking about the health of my heart, both physically and spiritually, and I wonder if we've considered what we're eating and what we're doing to take care of the heart the Lord has given us. That's the topic this week on The Word on Wellness with Chris Hughes, Eating Your Heart Out. I'm Bo Ellis of Christ Across America. I'm coming to you from our studios in Tampa. And joining me now by cell phone is your own chief wellness instigator, Chris Hughes, driving across the state of Florida as usual. Where are you, Chris? Uh, Jay Bo, I am uh, cruising along uh, in Tampa right now on 275. Welcome to Tampa, brother. Well, thank you. And uh, enjoying all this rain that we've been getting. So what's all this about this heart talk? Well, I was going to ask you, Bo, um, didn't you say something about something you received in the mail that kind of piqued your interest on the heart? That's right. I've got this brochure I'm holding in my hand. Um, You probably got one in the mail, too, if you live around here. It's from Florida Medical Clinic, and we're glad to plug them here on the Word on Wellness with Chris Hughes. It says heart care, and the big headline is we fix hearts. And as you flip through it, I'm looking at all these different things that these people do. Check this out. Exclusive regional cardiovascular care, nuclear laboratory, and then there's all these doctors. You keep turning pages and you see this um, cardiac uh, angiography and, um, sorry if I mispronounced this, nuclear accredited laboratory and cardioversion and transesophageal echocardiography. Echocardiography. Okay, sorry about that. Echocardiograms, electrophysiology, pacemakers, implants, cardiac defibrillators, stents. And I'm thinking all this, and I think I called you yesterday, and I was like, Chris, everyone's trying to fix their heart after it's already broken. Give me some love on that. Well, that's, that's kind of the whole the heart of wellness, but, I'm, but we try to live a lifestyle so that we can avoid all of those potholes in the road and, and, and some of those things. If you have to have them done, it's worse than a pothole. You've, uh, you've crashed, so... That's what we're trying to do by, you know, taking care of our body through nutrition and exercise. That's what wellness is all about. Well, what are the things physically that can make a heart break down? Well, I guess the worst thing that I hear about, and it blows me away that people still do it, is smoking. I think smoking uh, or ingesting all that smoke, those carcinogens, just wear out the heart and put stress on it and uh, also seem to make people more predisposed or more likely to get quote-unquote heart disease. And the other thing, you know, is uh, is just not, not working out the heart, not exercising it, not taking care of it, just like you would take care of your car. Well, I hear all that. we we got to exercise, and most people don't, unfortunately. But that's probably not the one that folks would have thought of first. The, the world tells us on TV and all these commercials that it's fat. Okay, fat is the enemy. Talk to me a little bit about good fats and not so good fats and what is all this about cholesterol? I'm so, so naive with all this, Chris. I really just want the, the layman's version. Well, though, um, I'm far from a heart expert, but I, you know, I, I do read a lot of this stuff 
and have a little bit of experience you know, with, within my family, uh, my dad had a quadruple bypass, one of those procedures that uh, you, you might have seen or read about at the, the institute that you were talking about. But um, uh, so, so I've had an interest in it because I know, I guess you could say genetically, or at least some would say genetically, I'm predisposed to heart disease. So I pay attention to it. And the other thing, though, is that there is so much conflicting information now and with regard to um, fats and cholesterol and all that. Do you feel that, or do you notice that, uh, as of late, that there's been some conflicting information in regard to saturated fats? Have you heard anything like that? Well, the the catchphrase now is trans fat, okay? But and I want to respond to that. But I had this kind of image when you were talking, this bypass idea. You know, the heart is the the pump, and it pumps all blood to all of your arteries, and everybody knows that. But I had this image of kind of a motor. And this whole bypass idea, I guess, is what what you would tell me is that um, those arteries get all clogged up there. And is it right around the heart that that happens in these bypass surgeries? Is it you know, fixing those ports uh, yes, to yeah, the heart? Exactly. Oh. And it's like sludge, right? It's like your your arteries get all this crud in them, and um, they, that's where the doctors talk about the cholesterol. And I sound like a like an idiot, but I just want to set this up in terms of physiologically and physically it's the this whole talk of if your blood is all dirty you're going to have crud collecting inside your arteries and ultimately you're going to have blockage and high blood pressure and your heart is struggling to um, to be healthy and ultimately your heart is just going to say you know what i'm tired of you i'm tired of this i'm, I'm going to check out that's the prevailing knowledge oh that, that all that sludge as you put it um and, and cholesterol clogs it up and eventually creates blockage, which can prompt a heart attack. You know, when you got the blockage, the heart can no longer send blood through certain parts of it, and those tissues die as a result of that blockage. So blockage around the heart and, and blockage in other places in the body. I've heard of this angioplasty, you know, in your leg or in your arm or whatever. So um, we haven't talked at all about stroke, and I guess that's a whole other conversation. But seriously, Chris, you, you mentioned that what have I heard about the fats and all that, and I know after going through years of, of studying the, the whole Adkins you know, craze and, and then, the, of course, some of those popular uh, practices that spin off of that craze are a lot more practical and probably a lot more sensible would be I studied the zone and I've also studied uh, body for life and some other you know, life approaches to nutrition and exercise. And you learn to appreciate that wellness, like you said, is this whole idea of the heart uh, being healthy and the metaphor that I appreciate so much from the Bible Chris is how the heart is really the center uh, the metaphor from Jesus's gospels is it's the metaphor for your desires that core sense of, of, of desire and longing for somebody but physically of course your heart is that core uh, muscle that without it you know we just uh, we don't work so talk to me a little bit more, Chris, about some of these um, practices. Or uh, We wanted to talk about uh, red yeast rice a little bit on this show. I know we talked yesterday. Um, what is that, and, and why are you a little conflicted right now about even recommending it? Big picture. Well, let, let me kind of share where, where my conflict comes, Bo. If, if you follow mainstream thought in the medical community, saturated fat, um, it's always been considered evil. 
And that's one of the things that's begun to change. You may have heard that now butter is preferable to, say, margarine because it doesn't contain the, the trans fats. And um, coconut oil, for years, it was said that's a saturated fat. You don't want coconut oil because those saturated fats will uh, turn into or convert into a, a cholesterol that will stick to your arteries. And, and the same with a lot of red meats that contain fat in them. Well, that is beginning to change as new research comes out. And, and you, you know, butter just being one example. But here's where I guess I always come back to, and, and, and in a way, I think we're coming back to truths. Here's what I, what I like to live by. If it, if it comes from God, how can it be bad? I mean, look at, let's, let's take beef, for example, and, and let's back up even more. You know, God gave us the freedom. We are able to eat from his creation, and if it's from him, how can it be bad? So, again, using the example of beef, uh, one of God's creatures roaming around on the grass uh, eating a natural source, how can it be bad for us to eat that? Would God put something on there that we shouldn't eat? That is the underlying truth. If it comes from God, and this is just me speaking, Bo, but if it comes from God, I don't think it can be bad. We're starting to learn that there are people, and you probably know them, Bo, people that can eat a very high-saturated fat diet, but yet have no trouble with cholesterol. Do you know anybody like that? Yeah, or heart problems. And you almost always well, you'd, you'd be talking about people who are in underdeveloped uh, cultures. Well, yeah, um, and that's the other, I guess, evidence that we could point to that, that says that the, the way we we eat or have been told to eat maybe isn't 100% correct. There are native cultures out there that consume lots of saturated fats and things that come from nature, and they're not eating any kind of processed foods. And uh, one of those cultures I wrote about in a blog piece one time called the Tarahumara Indians, which exist in the uh, culture in the, the hills of Mexico. And these guys eat um, a diet that includes, um, in their situation, lots of carbs and um, you know smaller amounts of protein, which people would say, oh, that's the right way to eat. However, uh, and by the way, this culture, the Tarahumaras, you may remember, Bo, they don't they don't suffer from the chronic diseases that, that you and I are concerned or worried about, like you know heart disease and cancer and stuff like that. But uh, there's also cultures, cultures like the Eskimos uh, that live up, you know, in, in the cold climates, and their diet consists of a lot of um, fish, cold water fish with lots of fat, and, and then they kill and eat things like caribou and elk and those things, you know, red meat, and they definitely contain saturated fat. But yet they don't suffer from some of the ailments that we do. So. What's well, talk to me. Uh, talk to me about the French and the Italians. They don't have near the the rate of, of heart disease that we have, and they eat great. Uh, really, they eat lean proteins, obviously, and and they eat tons of vegetables. And when they use pasta, they use it as a, a side dish and not as like a heaping plate of, of pasta. They eat. Uh, they drink red wine. And uh, they live happily ever after. So maybe more Americans ought to pattern their meals after uh, the French and the Italians. I think at least uh, that might be one approach. Talk to me more about your Eskimo folks, because in America here, we try to control cholesterol with with medication, with uh, with all of these herbal this and that. And talk to me a little bit more about that. I know you were going somewhere with that. Maybe I'm going down a rabbit hole here, Bo, but... Um uh, I started a book, and I have not finished it, but it's one that has been around for quite a while, and I've heard it referred to quite a bit in the in the natural health community, and it's called the Metabolic Typing Diet. 
And the great thing about it is it, it doesn't conflict with some of these other truths that are out there. These truths being that Eskimos living in, in, in their natural environment don't suffer from some of the chronic diseases. Or Aborigines in, 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 in Australia who are living on a primarily a carbohydrate diet, they aren't suffering from diseases. Or the Tarahumara Indians in Mexico that have a largely carb carbohydrate diet, they aren't suffering from chronic disease. So how does this all marry up? Well, what the, the author proposed, and um, it, it certainly makes sense to me, is that we all have a genetic makeup, and our genetic makeup determines how we metabolize or oxidize foods. And he gets into a bit of a biochemical discussion in, in the book, but in essence, he points out that um, our genetic makeup determines how we will process the foods that we put into it. So if you're an Eskimo and you're used to eating fish and lots and lots of uh, red meats and, and, and small amounts of vegetables and almost no amount of fruits, if you introduce that Eskimo to a diet that's high in fruit, high in grains, high in you know, carbs, that Eskimo is going to uh, react uh, adversely to, to those those new inputs to the diet. And on the flip side, those cultures that have grown up into a diet that, you know, subsists on what's available in their, their geography, like the Aborigines used to use that example, you know, they're mostly carb, carb eaters. And if you put a bunch of saturated fats, heavy red meats or, or saturated fat red meats and fish and, you know, all of that, their body is not going to respond. And yes, we can get by on uh, eating out of what our body was designed to make up or, or how our body was de designed. But over time, our bodies start to break down. And in between those two extremes, you have some that are kind of in the middle. They're the uh, carbo slash protein types. So that's where uh, I guess some newer finding that, that marries up very well with, I guess, what I'd say is reality of, of why, you know, I'm fascinated by cultures that have been able to avoid the problems that the Western American or, or the Western diets have, have seemed to have created. Is that making sense, Bo? Well, what we've said is, uh, since you have high cholesterol, we're going to control that cholesterol with uh, different supplements. Same thing with high blood pressure. And I think what you and I would say is, look, if you don't want to have to take this stuff, and this is for most of us, I think some of us might have to use the supplements anyway, but... If you change the way your approach to eating overall and just overhaul it completely and eat foods that are real and not foods that are packaged or, or processed, I think you'll have an, a much higher level of health. I got one quick question, Chris, before we move into our final segment. And that would be, we know that it's diet and exercise and we should throw rest and the whole stress component. I know we talked about that in a, a show a couple weeks ago, but... As you look at exercise uh, versus nutrition, um, which one do you think for our heart health is going to be more important than the other, or, or how do you weigh those when you look at them uh, together? That's a super good and important question, Bo, and you're going to probably get you know different answers from different people, but I've always believed that exercise should come first. If you're your exercise in your body, it has an amazing capacity to take whatever you put into it and convert it into what it needs. It may not be ideal, you know, if you're a marathoner living on Twinkies and Doritos, but 
your body is able to extract nutrients out of that and convert them and and uh, the, the opposite of that is somebody that eats you know exceedingly well but doesn't get any kind of exercise and uh, they may um, they're, they're not going to be as healthy they're not or they're not going to have as strong of a heart and certainly not as strong of a muscle or muscles as the person that's exercising so well I agree I, I think that it's a great segue into the the scripture because the exercise, actually changes your desire for crappy foods. The fact that you're out there doing it, the 10-minute rule we talked about a few minutes ago, get out there for 10 minutes and all of a sudden your whole mindset changes and you start ramping up and cranking up your metabolism and all of a sudden you start feeling better about yourself and all of a sudden you're overcoming some of these urges to uh, to pound the Twinkies. So I wanted to look, again, in our opening, we talked about Jesus uh, referring to the heart as this uh, this central place for all of your desires. And I wanted to look at Mark 7, 20 through 23. And Jesus said, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and they defile a person that's from the english standard version and if jesus was referring to a physical heart then certainly a heart transplant could change a person's behavior right yep why don't we just get a new heart and we won't think all these evil things and and in a secular or in a a fitness sense um you know if our heart's not functioning right can't we just trade it in that's kind of a mechanistic scientific approach right Okay, Romans one twenty four. God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts. Or in Romans ten one, Paul says, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. Or in Romans 7, 5, For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law, we were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. Or in Romans 7, Who will deliver me from this body of death? That's a great question, Apostle Paul asks us. In Philippians 3, 20 through 21, but our citizenship is in heaven. Our home is in heaven, some other translations. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. So I start thinking about a heart transplant, start thinking about how, Chris, I can change my desires, how I can become someone who actually seeks to be healthy, to be well, to be fit, to be a servant, to be someone who cares about others before he cares about himself. And I always, Chris, I go back to Galatians 2.20, says, I have been crucified with Christ. Wait, let me backtrack. I have been crucified with Christ. I have been nailed to a cross with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Chris, if we've accepted Jesus in our hearts, and if we're walking with him daily, and we're inviting him and the Holy Spirit to help us work through this thing we call life, I think, Chris, our hearts would be less apt to get all clogged up with junk, and we'd be a lot less apt to needing any type of, of worldly heart transplant because the the food that we eat, the activities that we undertake will be activities that would be ordained and, and those that are glorifying our Lord Jesus. 
Chris, I want to pray for us. Lord God, thank you so much for Chris and the time he's given us today to talk about our hearts, our heart health, and our evil hearts. Lord, we know we're born with a sinful desire and a sinful nature uh, because of the fall and because of Adam. And Lord, we know that you want to restore us to you, and we know that your plan was to do that through sending the Lord Jesus to earth as a man. God, we know that if we allow Jesus to live in our hearts, that we'll have a new heart and that we'll be transformed. So, Lord, we pray right now that anybody listening to this podcast would think about what's in their hearts, what are their desires, and what are they eating uh, for the health of their heart, both spiritually and physically. So, God, we thank you for our hearts, and we thank you that we can be transformed through your love. And we pray, Lord, for those who don't know you. Lord, we hope that they seek you, and Lord, we know you will find them. And Revelations 3.20, you say, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door and lets me in, I'll come in. So that's our prayer today, Lord, and we thank you for all this. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Brother Bo. How do we get out of here, Chris? Well, I love what you just said about how what we eat and what we do can glorify God, and I think that's what we're getting to. And I love the way, you know, wellness can marry up with our relationship with Christ. So, Jesus said, uh, "Jesus said, I am the bread of life." He said, "I am, I am living water." And I think we could live on bread and water, couldn't we, Chris? <laughs> we sure could. Well, that's going to do it for this week. The website for Chris is 1010wellness.com. We encourage you to check out 1010 Talk. It's a blog that Chris has been doing for years. We encourage you to subscribe to the blog, and we encourage you to stay healthy, to stay well, and to continue seeking to, to lead others into activities and lifestyles that they can get excited about. Christ Across America is at ChristAcrossAmerica.com, creating awareness for the ministries and missionaries who are getting it done for Jesus in local communities. We appreciate you joining us on The Word on Wellness with Chris Hughes. And until next week, this is Christ Across America asking you where are you allowing Jesus to work in your life today? We'll see you next week. You've been listening to The Word on Wellness with Chris Hughes, brought to you by Christ Across America on the web at ChristAcrossAmerica.com. This broadcast is powered by Sarek Digital at Sarek, C-E-R-I-C, digital.com and sponsored by Trinity Automotive Services, the number one car buying experience. Please call Patrick Testaseca at 813-944-7722 or find him on the web at trinityauto.net.